And welcome to the last episode of Season 5 of Happy Porch Radio. This season we've been talking about the circular economy and all things digital and software. And so in this final episode of the season, Emily and I are going to reflect back on each person that we had the pleasure of speaking to and perhaps pick out some of the themes and lessons that we learned as we went along. Emily, before we start talking about people, I wanted Mm. to spring a quick question on you. In the first episode, in the very first episode, we talked about why we were doing this season. And I guess reflecting back on that, how do you feel overall? How did the season go for you? Was it Mm -hmm. fun? What did you learn? Yeah, it was all right. (laughs) I'm joking. It was super fun. And... (laughs) I feel like I learned more than I even can remember at this moment. I know we're using this episode as kind of a moment to reflect. And I think that I'll actually be reflecting on this for kind of a few more weeks, a few more months, and things will probably just come to me as I let it sit in my head and kind of brew a little bit. But I think it's definitely met expectations, probably exceeded expectations really in terms of the inspiring stories that we've managed to collect and the people we've met and generally thinking about this problem that everyone is collectively trying to address and even in this weird and unpredictable year that is 2020 there's still people who are pushing for a more circular world for a more just world for that transition to circular economy. So it's it's actually been really, really nice to to hear all those stories. Mm, yeah, I very much agree. It, I guess it's even more opened my eyes to how big, how big and, and varied and interesting a topic we picked with circular economy and even trying to focus on the software and digital and that aspect of it touches on so much and so many different things that I really enjoyed that, the variety and the and the scope, I guess, of the conversations, which was maybe not broader even than I expected when we started the season. Yeah, and even I feel like we just kind of scraped the surface. There's so much more to discover. Absolutely, yeah. Barely scratched the surface. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just really quickly, we've had a lot of different guests, and I wanted to just really quickly go through them all as a memory jog for us, and then after that pick out some some of the themes and some of the things we wanted mm. to really draw out from the season as we close. So back at the start, we started with, we spoke to Catherine Wheatman, mm-hmm. who gave us this, I thought, mm-hmm. Catherine, by the way, who's literally written the book and her new book has recently come out. So anybody listening should definitely check out the updated version of her book about the circular economy. But Catherine gave us a really good starting point. She has a really good way she describes and sort of sets the scene and defines the broader definitions of the circular economy. Yeah, that was certainly helpful for me, and I hope it was also helpful for listeners as a good intro to what we're talking about. The next episode, we spoke with Lika from Flow2 and Flow2 Healthcare, and I think that was a great example to start with. Lika showed a lot of passion for the subject and talked a lot about the kind of difficulties that she faced along the way, but also given the healthcare crisis that we're in right now, it was interesting to see how even that field can be involved in this transition. After that, we spoke to Tom and Sophie from Disposal, who filled me with passion and interest for waste, and specifically the the issues around data and data compliance and managing waste, and how important that question is in order to move to a more circular economy. Mm. 
And episode five, we spoke to Jordi DeVos from Circularize, which I think was the beginning of a thought process for me about the different layers of the supply chain that all need to interact and collaborate in this transition. So that was really interesting to hear. Then we spoke to Mika from the Excess Materials Exchange, which was another really interesting episode. Similar, I thought a lot of similar themes that came out from the conversation we had with Lika about the difficulties and challenges and potential opportunities in the work that they're doing about connecting, I guess, the waste or the outcome from one place to be the fuel or the input to another place. Mm-hmm. That's a, a common theme throughout, I think. And mm. in episode seven, when we spoke to Pablo from Madasta, another common theme came out here when we were talking about the idea of data and understanding the information side of materials within the circular economy. That's obviously plays a huge role when we're talking about digital and software within this space. And Pablo explained really well um, what Madasta are doing and, and where they're trying to go with this. And then we spoke to Paul McSweeney from ZeroNet. And since we spoke to him, they've released their version, sort of launched in down in Brighton in the south coast of England. And I've heard some really positive results or, or initial findings from the work they're doing there. And that may be because that problem is so difficult that they're trying to solve that reverse logistics problem of how to get things back into the cycle from our homes, given our current structure and assumptions of everything being linear. But I thought that was quite inspiring, the work and the hard work. And again, another recurring theme of, I guess, how long it takes to get something really off the ground and that's pioneering. Mm. That's good to hear that they've had good reports from their initial projects. It's really exciting. Episode nine, we spoke with Dave from Care about air conditioning as a service. And this was really interesting for me because we were talking mostly about the kind of business model and how that in itself can turn what we traditionally think of as a as a product into something that can be much more circular and therefore much more sustainable. And there's so much to talk about when it comes to air conditioning. <laughs> and I really had no idea it was going to be as interesting as it was. I really enjoyed speaking to Dave about that and just kind of opened a box for, okay, well, if we can sell air conditioning as a service and make that whole process so much more efficient, where else can we go? There's kind of limitless possibilities. Yeah. And the serviceization of the product as a service business model is, I think, really intriguing and really interesting. It's obviously not a panacea and it's applied mm. in a non-circular way as well, but what he was really eloquent, I think, in describing is that aligning the business model to the sustainability goals kind of it makes everything move it's so much easier. He, he talked about instead of having a, a sustainability department, mm. their main sustainability champion was their CFO because the more efficient they are, the more money they make and the yeah. more efficient they are. And it's kind of a virtuous cycle, which is really interesting. And another theme that I think then came out again in the next episode with Jorg from iPoint who's talking about digitization and using, literally digitizing and using the digital infrastructure and the data there to model and understand real world things in order to then make the kind of decisions that are important for the businesses to move forward. Yeah. And a lot of these decisions are based around maybe their, as we've said, their business model or 
the way that they're looking at actually running their own business. But from Craig Melson's episode in episode 11, we talked with Craig from Tech UK. And it made me think a bit more on a kind of policy level about things to do with data protection and regulation and things that just need to be in place in order to have a circular infrastructure. And I thought that was another key part of this whole transition is is kind of having that level of support. Yeah, definitely. And I think that was the episode where we explicitly talked as well about We've been mostly focusing on software, so we didn't really talk about the hardware aspect. And Craig mentioned some of the, yeah. da- the data center industry and the problems and this work that they're doing, or the work that needs to happen there and is happening a little bit there in terms of circularity of hardware and dealing with energy usage and all the big challenges that come with that. Mm. In the next episode, we spoke to Roy from Circular IQ, and I thought that was another interesting conversation as well about... I think that was one of the first times we started talking about measuring circularity and other sort of not just the software and the sort of what, but the broader how and measuring and, and some of the work that Circular IQ I thought was really interesting in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in episode 13, we got to speak to the queen of raw herself, Stephanie Benedetto. She had so much energy and so much passion, as did all the people we spoke to. I feel like with Stephanie, just kind of came out with every breath she took. And fashion is something that has been talked about so much in terms of sustainability and in terms of supply chain knowledge, you know, knowing where everything comes from and how fair it is, etc. And so I think that Stephanie's position within this this whole industry is really interesting. She's not necessarily looking at the things that we buy from our high street, but more the waste that comes from those producers and then how we can recognize the value in that after the fact. I thought that was a really interesting conversation as well. Yeah, it really was. And then in the next episode, we spoke to another pair with almost the same, very different, but very similar sort of energy that they brought with them, Elakari and Marielle Mm. from Circular Stories. And their own story, I really enjoyed their own story about the journey they took around Europe and then also learning a little bit about some of the circular stories that they're sharing. I really loved that. And also it tied into this broader theme about how digital or the or an industry in our sector can be part of the circular stories in multiple different ways. So in their example, mm-hmm. by literally sharing and allowing and helping people to promote the work that they're doing. Mm. Yeah, I liked our conversation with circular stories because I felt as though it was quite different from kind of everyone else we spoke to in that they are sharing stories. You know, there's not a particular product that they're doing or necessarily kind of transitioning towards circular economy themselves personally. It's more a kind of story of empowering other people to do it and celebrating those who are already pioneering in that way. And I thought that was a really nice part of this whole narrative. In episode 15, we've done a lot of these. I didn't even realize (laughs) we've done this many, but in episode 15, we spoke to Michael Groves from Topolytics. And I think we've already mentioned data. And I think that the importance of data and how we can use that in terms of managing waste and recognizing the value of what we call waste probably need a different word because waste just sounds as if it's invaluable, but it's not. And I think that this conversation with Michael around Topolytics was really kind of 
honed in on exactly why that's so important, that data can be used so beneficially in this transition and how relevant it all is, really. Yeah, definitely. And then in the next episode, we spoke to Stephen Clark from TerraCycle and we spoke mostly about Loop, which is uh, really one of the pioneers, I think, in potentially changing the way we buy and consume from this just everyday items from the supermarket. So you get a reusable container or containers that you then return at the moment they're doing that in an e-commerce format. And they talked about moving eventually to having in-store returnable, reusable shopping, I guess, broadly. What was fun about that, I thought, was how Stephen talked about it was larger scale, like working with some of the big supermarkets and Tesco's and some of the big suppliers and brands and really helping them learn and t- dip their dough in in what we hope will eventually become a much broader wave. Mm-hmm. And that came out of the vision of TerraCycle, which was about recycling and which has come out of the vision of just you know needing, like so many of these people we spoke to, back behind it all there's this mission-driven approach of actually needing to solve a broader problem Mm -hmm. yeah speaking of which (laughs) ashling byrne who we spoke to in episode 17 i want to call her kind of an accidental entrepreneur she mentioned when we spoke to her that she had never really thought of herself as being a businesswoman she just knew that this was an important thing to do she was driven by the impact that she saw and a solution that she thought might work. And I think that that makes her story really inspiring as well, because you don't have to be the next business brain of Britain to take on a challenge like this. Obviously, it takes a lot of passion. And that's something that Ashling really showed us in our conversation. And as well, the idea that her, her whole business concept is driven by the community needs. That's where it started without even an app. They just did it kind of on a community level and then built up with the technology what was needed rather than thinking, okay, what can we do with this technology? And then kind of fitting the community needs into that. It felt like it was really kind of driven by the needs of the people who were going to be using this tool. Yeah, definitely. The next episode I thought was a bit different, partly because Tom Harper, who we spoke to, there his business unusual rigging was really at the point that the sort of dangerous point of of this year or the or the negative of this year because they work in the events industry and supplying mm. rigging and equipment. So he shared some of the real challenges that he's experienced this year and 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 how they were tempted to turn that into or draw out the positives in amongst all that. But the reason we spoke to him was because for many years he had worked really hard with his business to change the way that they dealt with their stock, the physical items, the rigging, the car, the pulleys, the, and they have huge amounts of these physical things that are used in, in all sorts of event, stadium, and theatres, and so on. And he shared how they had used software and started to track and understand the use and measure the use and where these things are. And I guess a kind of stock control, but for the circular economy with an addition of things like tracing and measuring the performance and things like that, which allowed Mm -hmm. him to start exploring changes to their business models, as well as making immediate savings, but changes to their business models and allowing them to kind of 
on a similar journey to the way that Care described it, of being able to say, kind of maybe shifting some of the mindset a little bit from, hey, we need to give you this thing or sell you this thing once, but maybe there's a different way we can provide value to you that works better, is more circular and works better Mm -hmm. for both parties. Yeah. And again, Tom is an example of this, (laughs) not coming from a background of entrepreneurship or sustainability and finding his way into this role, into this world through his own passion and his own willingness to just learn and innovate as he goes, which is true of so many of the people we spoke to. And I think true of a lot of people out there who are entrepreneurs in, in this space, they're kind of guessing a lot of the time and just going with what works and learning and innovating, which not an easy path to take, but really worthwhile, I think. Which actually leads us nicely to the final episode that we did with guests. Episode 19, we had Emily and Claire from Wreath join us and tell us so much about the past couple of years that they've been working together on this project and sharing the ups and downs very candidly with us, which I appreciate so much. I think the entrepreneurial journey is quite often kind of, I think we, you know, we glamorize it a bit and look at it through rose tinted glasses because we see the success stories. And it's easy to forget that even every success story has failed just as much as they've succeeded, if not more. But with that comes a lesson that everyone's learning and allows them to take the next step. And it's just that kind of resilience to keep going that really struck me specifically in that conversation with Reith, but certainly as a general theme throughout the whole the whole season. This is a, a, a very new field and the people who are working in it are pioneers and they're kind of creating their own path. So it's really, it's been a pleasure to speak with them all. Absolutely. And we definitely haven't done them justice in that quick run through. Um, (laughs) So if you're listening now and you haven't heard some of those, please go back and listen. Let them tell their own story and share some of the amazing work that we're doing that we just didn't have time to touch on there. You've already mentioned some of the themes that really came out from the season for you there. And maybe there's one or two more. One thing that I wanted to pick up on that I aware of as I reflect back on the season, the Ellen MacArthur Foundation has this very succinct definition of circular economy in their terms. And they say a circular economy is based on the principles of designing out waste and pollution, keeping products and materials in use, and regenerating natural systems. Mm. From my point of view, I think in this episode, we really focused on the middle point there almost exclusively keeping products and materials in use. We did several conversations about waste. We did a lot of different approaches and models to keeping things in use, reuse, or as a service, and a little bit touched on the sort of measuring and the, uh, yeah, the data and the way that that needs to work. We touched a little bit on the designing out waste and pollution. I guess business model touches on that. And we barely Mm. touched on regenerating natural systems. So I guess what I'm saying is there's yet another way where we've barely scratched the surface. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And I think one of the themes that just kept coming back throughout the season was this idea of how holistic the circular economy needs to be, that there's never going to be one solution or 
one answer to this whole problem. And that each of the companies that we spoke to is a piece of the puzzle. Um, even a lot of them explicitly talked about how much they endeavor to work closely with other businesses who are doing very different things from their own, but fit in nicely with the view they see for this world. And I think that what you just said, Barry, of this idea of circular economy, that kind of says it all, really, that there's so much that needs to be worked on and looked at and changed and thought about and embraced in order to get to the point where we can successfully say we live in a circular economy. Mm. It's just endless almost. Yeah, yeah. The other reflection or, I guess, observation I wanted to make as well is back at the first episode you asked, one of the questions I thought really stood out for me that when you asked me was what's the purpose, like why are we doing this season? Mm. And for me, one of the reasons is, well, one of the reasons is it's just cool and fun to speak to amazing people. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the other motivations is within the industry that I'm part of, so create digital software and online tools and apps and so on, and broadly, even broadening that out within sort of digital services and consulting and agencies and design. I feel like there's a sector there that have, we have a power stroke responsibility to contribute towards this and to get involved in it in so many different ways, even when it's not, as you said, it's not us maybe working directly on the problem. It's not where the rubber hits, where the hits the road. But there's so many exciting opportunities. And I feel like we're only at the start of that. And 2020, for many people, I think has brought that further up their agenda for, for all sorts of reasons. But it's an interesting and potentially positive way to move forward within the industry, within the work that we do, within the businesses that we run, to be part of this positive story moving forward. And so what do you see when looking back at this series? How do you hope that it hits people listening to it who aren't necessarily already working towards having that positive impact? What do you hope that they take away from it? Overall, I think that there is an opportunity to be involved in in an exciting, positive way and not just in a I mean, yes, but not just in a way of solving a problem in that this huge environmental pollution and climate change and waste problem that we have globally. But there's huge opportunities and that opportunities for business like pure economic and business opportunities, opportunities as an individual to to find the level of challenge and interest and, and fulfillment that I think comes with having working on something positive. <laughs> Yeah, And so I think that's the overarching thing. And then also, I guess, inspiration, the fact that it's not just some of these problems are solvable, depending on how we define solvable, but there's a real positive way step forward and that it's powerful to be a small part of that positive movement. Yeah, I think it's actually been really interesting for me to do this in the context of 2020. Obviously, this year has affected us all in some way. It's kind of affected us all differently, and we've all kind of taken different things from it. But for me, because there hasn't been much else to do apart from focus on 
work and projects and <laughs> and all the things that we can do from home it's kind of reminded me of exactly what you just said Barry of that kind of fulfillment of working on these things that you know have an impact when it comes to being in isolation and kind of cut back on everything else in our lives in terms of what keeps us going if we're doing work that's keeping us going because we know that it's important and it's worthwhile and we can help with it. We can contribute in some way. I think that's so powerful for ourselves as individuals. And for me personally, it's certainly been something that I've thought about this year. And I think it has been as well for those people that we spoke to during this season, you know, having that thing that's keeping you going because you know, it's important and you know that it's going to have a positive impact. Absolutely. 100%. So I think all that remains to say is thank you so much Emily, for joining me in this season. For those of you that listened along, and if you haven't, quickly rush back and listen to everything else now. <laughs> and here's to the next season. We'll be back in 2021. Yeah, thank you, Barry. It's been loads of fun. And I look forward to the next one. You can find notes and links from this episode, plus a full transcript at happyporchradio.com. If you are enjoying the show, please take a moment to give us a positive review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening to Happy Porch Radio.